0: And I just welcome Sharice to the platform now. Bless you.
1: It was good to see his face this morning. So when the cat's away, the mice will play. Should we just pray and go to lunch? I told him I was going to say that, by the way. Hey. He's watching online. Hello, darling. (laughs) Who's going to Cracker Barrel? Let's just head out now. Just joking, just joking. We're finishing, uh, we're transitioning to um, our Matters of the Heart, where Kurt has been speaking of just tying into the heart of the Lord and what that looks like. We're going to spend some time today looking at David. David. And no better passage is the 23rd Psalm. I'm going to ask you to stand today as we read the word of the Lord and turn our attention to this beautiful passage. Many times you'll hear it quoted at a funeral. It's such a traditional passage, but we're going to pull it apart today and look at the history behind it. And what was David really saying when he fashioned and and poetically drew out this beautiful psalm? We know he was a musician. What did it sound like? What did the music behind it? We, we know that shepherds had flutes and David actually played the harp. What did this sound like? I'm a musician. I would have loved to have heard the music behind it. Let's turn our attention to the screen. We're gonna read this out of the New King James Version. Some of you have memorized it, so it's a little more familiar in this version. Let's take a look. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want... He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your word. Let it pierce our hearts this morning. In your name, amen. You may have a seat. David was positioned as a shepherd. He was the youngest of his brothers, and that was often where the shepherd's position came from, the youngest of the family. We know that he was a handsome guy, He was a great marksman. He could tear a bear limb from limb. And he spent a lot of time alone. What would you do with that time? Would you take a nap? Would you twiddle your thumbs? David used his time wisely. He was brave. He killed a giant, for crying out loud, with a rock and no armor at all. He did well to please the heart of the Heavenly Father, And then was positioned as king. The king over Israel, in which the king of kings, Jesus himself, would come through. But it all started in a field. A shepherd. We know that they were low in status, they were nomadic, they weren't around people a lot, and they smelled. They smelled like their sheep. They didn't talk to many people. Do you ever think they were lonely? They weren't well loved, but scripture uses them often. And we serve the great shepherd. The parallels are uncanny. A shepherd tends to the sheep, taking great amount of time, care, and skill. They were sent out into the workforce with very little equipment. We will touch on them, but I just want to show you a few things. Of course, you're very well versed and probably in the shepherd's staff. It was to stave. It was to defend. There was also the rod. The rod was smaller. Both words in Hebrew are called shebet. You may know of it. In Proverbs 3.12, he disciplines those he loves. Shabet can actually mean rod or staff, a walking stick, a defense. Spare the rod and hate your child or love them and you discipline them. The rod was used to either throw at an enemy or to throw and regain the awareness of the sheep. It had a blunt end, maybe a knob from the wood. It was made from a sturdy wood like oak or there were nails put into the end of it. I made this myself, by the way. (laughs) Right, Sam, in the garage. He was like, Mom, what are you doing down there? (laughs) Sometimes the nails in there was used for the defense. Can you imagine going head-to-head with a bear or a lion using this, and you're 15 or 12? I have a 12-year-old and a 13-year-old and a 14-year-old at home. I cannot imagine sending them out into the wilderness with this and this. Wrapped around their head was a sling. It held their headdress in place. It's pictured above. It had a little notch in it where they would use to use rocks to sling at the opponent. It's what David used to kill Goliath. It's why he was such a great marksman. It was also used to drop that stone next to a wayward sheep. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned each one to our own way. We're a little uncanny. One sheep tries and says, hey, look at that down there, and we take a leap. And one by one, we all follow suit, right? Think about media. One person tweets, Twitters, Facebook posts about how they feel about something and then boom, 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 boom. Everybody else chimes in, right? You might not even know what you're talking about. Like a sheep, boom, we just all fall off the same cliff. But the shepherd takes his staff and brings us back. They didn't go out with much equipment, but it was the heart behind it was all they needed. I'll leave these here as a reminder to you today of what maybe you may need this morning. You know, as you read scripture, I don't have the framework. I didn't grow up on a farm. I didn't grow up in the Middle East. But I did have a grandmother who grew up on a farm. And she was one of five children. And so I used the framework of what she's taught me to understand this passage. As a very small child, as a five-year-old, she was the keeper of the cattle. Her job was to take care of the cows. And each day, she would collect the cows and go out into the field. With maybe an apple in her hand or a book, she would go and she would sit in the field all day long. And when the sun came to a different position in the sky, she knew it was time for her to bring those cattle back in. Now, can you imagine how long of a day it was for a five-year-old? All of her other siblings had different jobs but her job was to take care of the cows. She couldn't stand how they smelled, but she knew them. And later on in life, she would tell us, she would teach us as her grandkids different things about cows. When we would be driving, she would say, oh, you know those cows? And she knew of it because she had spent time with them. She knew their behaviors, the way they acted, because she had cared for them. You know, oftentimes we think we understand the word of God. We have to study it. We need to be a good student of it. And sometimes you just need to apply the knowledge of it and transfer what you understand to gain a better picture of the word. Now, I have a few jokes for you about sheep. Is it up there? Or did we take it out? It's in there. What do you call sheep with no legs? A cloud. (laughs) Which I need you to use that later on in the sermon, okay? All right, what's the next one? What did the sheep try to do? Wool the world. (laughs) Okay. All right, I have your high school picture up here because this is your high school yearbook photo and you know it because we all need a little bit of guidance, right? We need to be led by the shepherd. probably needed a haircut too. All right, let's get into the passage. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. There's a possessive pronoun here, my. You have to make him yours. You have to come from the other field where you're scrawny, underfed, and come into his pasture. We see here the submission and agreement with pleasure. There's a greater authority over your life. There's security, belonging, safety, and delight there's peace. You had to be purchased to be his. Both in the spirit and in the natural, a shepherd has to purchase his sheep. It's livestock. In modern day um, farming, there's a tag put on the ear of, of cows, sheep, right? But in ancient times, they would take a knife and they would slice the ears, the ear of the lamb, to make a marking, a carving, to say, this one's mine. And it was the trademark of that shepherd. So in a field, a shepherd would say, oh yeah, that's Joe's sheep. That's Jim's sheep. That's Frank's sheep. Well, there was bloodshed. There's no longer bloodshed over your life. Jesus took it for you. There's so many parallels in this beautiful passage. It's uncanny. The Lord is my shepherd. John 10, 27, the sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. John 10, through 15 depicts this beautiful picture of our Savior. I will read it to you if you'd like to turn it. John 10, through 15, I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd gives life for his sheep. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, One who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and the sheep leaves and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he's a hireling and does not care about the sheep. But I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and am known by my own. As the father knows me and even so I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. He's willing to lay down his life for us. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, what a lovely picture for our spirits to be content. I don't want anything. I'm going to go to prayer and I don't have a list like Paul teaches to be content. There's nothing that I can think of when the master shepherd is around. He's a milk and honey kind of a God. We're healthy. There's no bugs or parasites around. I shall not want. The next portion of this passage is just so intriguing to me. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Now, if you notice something about animals in general, especially livestock, they don't necessarily lie down. Cows, pigs, they graze a lot, right? Horses, they don't, they don't lie down a whole lot. Sheep only Sleep 3.5 hours a day, 15% of their day. Will they lie down? From the book A Shepherd's Look at Psalm 23, author Keller notes there are four factors that must be in place for sheep to be comforted to lie down. And this holds very true for you as a human, as a sheep human. One, fear. Sheep are weak. They have no defense mechanism. They only run. There's no fight in them. They can only flight, okay? There's no fight. How about you? When you're worried about the schedule, the kids, the business plan, the finances, the laundry, the list goes on, the fear in you. You can't lay down. When you go lie down at night, you're not actually sleeping. Your brain's still moving, right? The fear. You won't relinquish it to the Savior and surrender the fear. Sound familiar? Number two, friction. This happens within the herd. There's rankings. You've got the big ewes, you know, and the rams, and they're battering against one another. You've got the runts, and everyone's positioning themselves. Comparison kills. We do it within the church. We do it within our social circles. You do it at work. There's friction. And a lamb cannot lie down. It doesn't matter what others are batting about around you, You were purchased with a price. You belong to the Savior. I mentioned to you about my grandmother. Well, her father on the farm was the shepherd. The baby lambs that were rejected by their mothers, he would take them into the big farmhouse, into the kitchen, the big old kitchen, and bed them down by the coal stove and hand feed them, bottle feed them, until they were strong enough to return to the flock. My grandmother thought that was crazy. Plus she had to clean up after them, in the kitchen, mind you, and I'll just sound so farce, but he loved them. He smelled like his sheep. He, did, he went to great lengths to care for them because there was friction among the ranks. Number three, bugs. Ever feel like there's something crawling in your hair? Somebody at work bugging you? Your kid's getting on your nerves? Everybody say yes. Okay, be honest. Imagine the bugs and pestilence that an animal feels like. Imagine bugs in that wad of wool. They just can't get to it, right? It's not like their short little legs can kick up and like scratch like a dog or a cat, right? A shepherd knows that it's oil that when poured over it gets to the crevices and places that will soothe and repel the bugs. Oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit over and over in Scripture. We use it to pray over people. While I was in India, they had vats of oil at the altar. I mean, gallons of oil at the altar had been prayed over. And people would come and take some and put them in small jars and take them home and pray over their sick and diseased relatives. And there were significant, massive miracles happening. The oil of the Holy Spirit heals. It delivers. There's power. So you can rest. The final one is hunger, and we're going to further explore this idea in just a moment but everybody gets a little hangry when you're not fed, right? You need a Snickers bar. I want you to consider where David served. He was in modern day Palestine. He was in the Middle East. It's dry, it's barren, it's brown. There wasn't much green space. If you wanted a green pasture, the shepherd had to make one. He had to go and pluck out the stones. He had to cultivate the land. It was, he had to do it. It was hard work for him. And he had to move his sheep to greater pastures. He leads me beside still waters. It's like the saying about the horse you can lead them to water, can't force them to drink. Jesus has clear, wonderful, thirst-quenching water where you won't ever thirst again. But along the way, you might see some mud puddles and you're a little lazy and you might say, oh, that, that looks good enough. But in that mud puddle, there's parasites that are gonna get into your system and it's the world's way and it's gonna contaminate you. That's how the world sees it. But if you stay with the master shepherd, He will get you to the clear waters, the still waters. There's something about being led. You can't be stubborn. He restores my soul. He restores my soul. The Redeemer makes something out of our nothings. You know, we look over these verses of green pastures, still waters, times where you haven't been demolished by a wild, hungry beast. Sheep like to find a cool place in the grass where there's a dip. But when they find that place in the dip, and they begin to get cozy, their center of gravity, as they begin to roll and sleep, makes them flip over and their feet are in the air. And what begins to happen is the circulation falls down from their legs, the gases in their belly build up, and it causes them great distress. They can die within a few hours, and especially if it's a hot day. A shepherd knows he must look out for them This term is an old English term. It's called cast down, a cast sheep. Now, cast can mean depressed. Cast can mean sad. Well, wouldn't you be sad if you were flat on your back, your feet up in the air, buzzards flying around, waiting to come in for the kill? But that's how the sheep is, and they're bleeding, bleating, batting for help. And the shepherd must always be on his watch. So when it says, he leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He restores that sheep on his feet. The shepherd has to rub the legs to restore the circulation, to right the lamb. The lamb is all off kilter because the center of gravity has been off. But he restores the lamb to its rightful position. Think about how, how round they are, their body mass but he restores them. Are you a cozy Christian? Have you been sitting in the dip? 1 Corinthians ten, twelve. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful you do not fall. David wrote, why so cast down, O my soul? Put your hope in God. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Now what in the world do shepherds do all day long? Besides, sit around and watch the sheep eat. Well, they carefully take them on a trek. And the 23rd Psalm is a look at this journey. You are on a journey with the Lord, and this trek begins looking at the seasons. They move from the summertime, moving through the fall into the winter. So in the summertime, the sheep are grazing fine, but what do you do when all the grass has been eaten? You can borrow some grass from your neighbor, go to their brooks and drink some of the water, but what do you do when it's all gone? You have to move to higher ground. So the the, the shepherd takes the sheep up the mountainside and waits there in the cooler temperatures. The mountain waters flow down, and then when it gets too chilly and the, through the winter, then they bring them back home to bed down for the winter. You following? So here you see, he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Righteousness is often described as right living. For the herder, he knew his sheep had to have right living, survival, be on the move. They like to eat, right? It's like feeding the youth group pizza, you know, for an event. So the shepherd knew they had to move with the seasons, he would map out the best places and find the plus, best places to eat. It's like going on vacation. You find, you go on TripAdvisor. You know, you, you Google, where's the best place to go? You map out your, your, uh, your subway system and the tickets. You, 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 you look ahead. The shepherd does that for his flock. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. You know, oftentimes I talk with people here in the church. I go to lunch or or have people in my home and they talk about, I don't like the valley. The valley really isn't that bad. It's where strength is gained. There's a lot of good eating there. It's where all the water flows in. There's lush greens. The clearest water is in the valley. Now, there are predators. And they say, well, there's the shadow in the valley. The shepherd knows that. It's cool in the valley. You're away from the summer heat. The shadows protect you from the extreme Middle Eastern sun And the shepherds would take them to the high mountains and even find caves where the sheep would hide. Are you seeing the picture that the shepherd is not, though people thought they were stupid by class, they were not a dumb person. They had everything mapped out. They knew exactly where to go. They knew where to take their sheep. Their sheep were in a constant state of comfort if they stayed close to the master. The valley is not that too terrible of a place. Psalm 78, 52 and 53, but he made his own people go forth like sheep and he guided them in the wilderness like flock and he led them safely so they did not fear. Psalm 78, 52 and 53. Maybe you feel like you're in that valley today. The Lord says, lift up your head and look he didn't take them straight up the mountain. He carved his way through that mountain. He found the easiest route for you to take. The Lord doesn't lead you. It says he takes you from Baca to Baca. He takes you from place to place. He doesn't leave you. The shepherd just doesn't just say, hey, I'll meet you on the other side. He's walking you through. He's walking you through You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Now for David, who was from this area, I want you to get a picture. You are at a table. Lavishly prepared. Golden cups. In Arabic countries. And at those feasts, there were aromatic ointments used, okay? Can you smell them? Psalm 45:7 says, says, He loves righteousness, but he hates wickedness. Therefore, God has anointed you with the oil of gladness or joy. So you've been anointed, and you're seated at a table. Now, David is a shepherd in the fields, The bad guys were always running through his territory. You got the Philistines and everybody else, right? Ammonites and all these other guys. People were always flooding where he was. He was just trying to sit down and eat his lunch with the sheep. And he got all these people running through his territory. But he's seated at the table in his heart with his master shepherd in the place of his enemies, He's been anointed with oil. Go back to the picture where the sheep have been anointed. Why do sheep have to be anointed? The bugs. In the summertime, there are bugs that swarm their faces. Those of you who um, do some farming or you have your own animals, you know how delicate their systems are. You have to take them to the vet. You have to care for them. There are flies that want to lay their eggs in the nostrils of sheep. The larva crawls up their nasal passages and attacks the brain, causing great danger. The sheep move their heads and stamp their feet in order to try and get rid of them. They try and seek shade. They're so tormented by just the flies, not to mention the ticks and the, the gnats and other predators. So the shepherd would use oil and tar and sulfur and slather it on their face and pouring the oil David knew this picture of being anointed and then look what happens to him. He then was anointed as king, dripping down his head. Even in the seat of his enemy, Saul, who had it out for his life, he was anointed as king. And his cup overflows. The cup of salvation handed to us, the same as David The same for the sheep. It was saved in the middle of the presence of the enemies, all the bugs all around them, that cup of salvation offered. Do you smell the aroma of the oil of gladness? If not, best get in line for the master shepherd. Let him pour it all over you. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The word follow here in the Hebrew is the word radap. Now, the Hebrew language is extensively complex. Radap means to pursue, to run after, and to chase. It can have a negative connotation, but not here and not in its counterpart in Luke fifteen twenty. You might want to write that down in your Bible, Luke fifteen twenty. In Luke 15, 20, it's the visual we have of God running after the prodigal son following after, chasing after the son when he returns. Not only is the good shepherd leading you, but he is chasing hard after behind you with goodness, mercy, love. He's your rear guard. Not only is he leading you here, ahead of you, warding off anything in front, but he's behind you as well. And it's not just, hey, I'm just checking things. No, he's behind you. Sean, not only is he going before you, but he will be behind you all the way. He is your rear guard. You're going to the Middle East in a barren and dry land. He will lead you beside still waters. He will lead you to green pastures. He's a soldier of the almighty God, and so are you. We're a bunch of dumb sheep, but we have the strength, and the wisdom of heaven upon us. He is the Lord of hosts over your life. This isn't just a psalm to be repeated at your funeral. Live it now. It's life-giving word of God over your life. He is your rear guard. Surely goodness, mercy will follow me all the days of my life. I want it. Just five people. I'm about to bring out this stick and... <laughs> you know the Lord's address. Dwell, live, stay, play, commune with him, hang out, be forever with him. In his house. At the beginning of the psalm, it was that possessive pronoun, my, my shepherd. I want to make one lasting comparison today. We look at Psalm 23, but I want you to flip, keep your finger at Psalm 23 and look at Matthew 6, 9 through 13. It's another traditional passage. We've recited it, many of you since children. It's the Lord's Prayer. I hope you know it well. It's what Jesus taught his disciples to pray, to pattern their prayers this way to the Father. I hope that we can see some familiar things here. The Lord is my shepherd, our Father who art in heaven. Do you see a nod to the person, the authority in your life? Give us this day our daily bread. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Your staff and your rod, they comfort me. Do you see the, do you see the um, comparisons, the beauty of that? Now listen, th- this is what I think is amazing. David, positioned as a shepherd, outcast in social circles, was elevated to kingship. He positions his heart in adoration to the Lord. So much so that he is noted as a what? A man after God's heart. But in the New Testament, we see Jesus, son of God, the great shepherd and the lamb of God, turning his affections to his own father, his, his heart to his own father. John 10, 15, and John chapter 17 shows the closeness of the Father and the Son. The relationship, the oneness that Jesus has with the Father and what he wants for us as his sheep, his followers. Matters of the heart. The relationship isn't just for us. Jesus loves to be your shepherd. He loves it. The relationship between these two passages is rather elementary. It's ABCs. Adoration, A, the Lord is my shepherd, my father in heaven. The benefits are amazing. There's communion between us there's great defense, it is everlasting. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's everlasting. There's forgiveness for us. That rod and that staff, he's not beating you, he's guiding you, he's leading you, he's redirecting you, there's forgiveness in it. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass. There's forgiveness. Why? Because he's God. He's our good shepherd. It has to be elementary. We're sheep. Keep it simple. When you belong to the good shepherd, it must look something like this when you're in his arms. Look at that picture. Oh. Look at that picture. Doesn't that, isn't that ring true in your spirit? This is what it feels like when I'm in the master shepherd's arms. He leads me beside still waters. He restores me. He puts me back on my feet. This is what it feels like. This is Jesus to me. I can rest my head upon his chest. I hear his heartbeat for me. It says my name, Charisse. Sharice, Sharice, it says yours. Do you hear his name? Do you hear your name in his heart? Do you hear it? Just close your eyes with me for a second. Just, just, Just be at the still waters with him today. Be at the green pastures. Let him restore you. There may be someone here who feels like a scrawny sheep. You're looking from another master's field. You're infested with the world's disease. You've been drinking from muddy waters. Call to him. He will answer you. He will use the staff and rescue you. John 16 through 18 says, All the other sheep I have, which are not of my fold, them I will bring, and they will hear my voice, and they will be with one flock, and I one shepherd. Therefore, my Father loves me, because I lay down my life, and I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down myself. I have the power to lay it down, and I have the power to take it again. This command I receive from my Father don't drink from the world drink from his still waters don't eat the dry grass from the world eat from his lush pastures you might be a mom here today and you know the scripture says that he will gently lead those who are with young but you're fighting him you think you have it all figured out you might be a high level leader And following someone or being in a pack, looking at the backside of another sheep in front of you seems preposterous. You're used to being out front. You're missing the point. You'll be following him, the shepherd. Consider where he's leading you to good things. We need to be like David, sitting alone in fields all day when the sheep are cared for. He had nothing more to do than sing and turn his affections to the Lord. Do you need the rod today to gently discipline you? The staff to pull you from somewhere? Do you need to be reminded that there's no fear of the shadows? Where are you today in your journey with the shepherd, your shepherd? Here in the pastures, I just ask if there's anybody here today who needs the shepherd to pull them, to save them, to pull them out. I just ask that you would raise your hand. You need saved today. I need salvation. I need the cup of salvation today. If you just raise your hand and just look up at me, I need saved. I've been walking my own way. I need saved today. If you know, you have been staring off the edge of a cliff, you've been eating dry grass, you've been drinking muddy water, you've been fighting to be led by the shepherd, I ask that you would boldly stand before the Almighty King today. Rest today for your heart and you want it to feel like that little lamb I just need rest I want to lay on your shoulder Jesus I need to be carried by you I ask that you just stand today I need rest from my father if you're afraid of the shadows of of the mountains where he's taking you, or you don't like being in the valleys, just stand and contend that with him today. A cozy Christian and you're thinking, man, I can't remember the last time I read my Bible. Or oh, maybe it was last Sunday when we were here and you're in that little dip. Oh, it feels really good, but you're afraid. You know, I think I could be well on my way to my feet in the air and the buzzards flying over, overhead. You better stand to your feet. In a place where you want too much and you need to be content, stand. I shall not want where you're okay with where the Lord has you. I shall not want, especially going into a season where the world says you should have, I shall not want. You need a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit today because there are pestilence and you cannot rest. You need a miracle over your life. You need the anointing. He anoints my head with oil. Stand before the Lord today. relationship is personal so where you are in your seat or where you are in your as you're standing just let the shepherd do the work the altars are open but just let the shepherd do the work See the picture of him?
2: The snow wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. He's already made the ways, the paths of There's righteousness. No shadow for you. you won't light up, mountain you won't. after <laughs>
1: this church there are many of you whose situations family issues health issues problems that we know about and the Lord is saying right now why not why won't you just let me help you why won't you just give in you came today. You came. You must want more. You must want something more. I have it. I have it. I have it. He says, I have it. because when you walk right out of here, the focus shifts. It's like Peter on the water. He looked and saw the winds and waves, and he sank. But when his eyes were on the Savior, he walked, he walked. He was led, be led by the Spirit, led by the shepherd today. There's something about resting in His presence. Just rest. Sit at the feet of the Savior. Not wanting to move Master Shepherd, not wanting for anything, eating the best, drinking of the best, being safe, following the very best, restored, redeemed, Delivered, positioned, envied. <laughs> Will you just thank him? Will you just thank him. Will you just praise him. Will you just thank him for what he does for you power in your praise it wards off the enemy it positions your heart to stay close just praise him thank you Jesus you fill our cup father your ministry to us is so great and powerful you anoint our head thank you Jesus Thank you, Jesus. Though we go astray, Father, you bring us back.
0: Thank you, Jesus. Good and nice, Jesus. Thank you, Father.
1: You are most welcome to stay and rest. Some of you need to rest. Some of you need to rest. I will close in prayer, but you are welcome to stay to rest until you feel that that release to go. Jesus, we thank you for your precious, precious leading in our life. Forgive us when we don't follow you with all of our heart. Help us to take these passages of Scripture today that are so traditional. Help us not to gloss over them, but to let them pierce our heart. We praise you and we rest in you. And thank you, Lord, that you are our great and mighty shepherd. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Thank you, Father. Amen and amen. Be blessed as you go today. Be be respectful as those who are still worshiping and praying around you. In Jesus' name, we love you.
2: Thank you for joining us. Be sure to check us out on the web at centralconnect.org.